0: Hello, and welcome to The Wealth Show from CityWire. My name is Olivia Bibble, and I'm here today with Travis Spence, head of ETF distribution across EMEA at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Today, we are speaking about how the uptake of ETFs in the U.K. has been lackluster compared to the U.S. So, Travis, why does the U.K. hate ETFs? Why aren't professional investors buying them?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, It's great to be here with you, Olivia. Uh, I think, so if we dial back a little bit, um, the growth in the ET mar- ETF market is probably one of the most uh, fascinating and, and exciting uh, areas within the financial markets today. So this is a, an industry that's been growing roughly 25% per year for the last 20 years um, and now sits at about $11 trillion in assets. So if you take that forward the next five years, and essentially we've been seeing the, the market grow and double every five years. So, by the end of 27, we probably are sitting at about 20 trillion. So, massive growth rates. Um, in Europe, it's no it's no different. Um, this has been roughly a 17 18% uh, CAGR over the last 10 years uh, in Europe. So, we're seeing really good growth. Um, in the UK, today, the UK market is the second largest market in Europe, and not by much. A couple of percentage points uh, lower than than Germany, which is the largest market. So, We continue to see it growing, and we expect to see the UK market actually grow even a little bit faster than some of the other markets across Europe. So to your question, why is the take-up here maybe not as strong? Actually, the take-up here is strong. It's been very much led by the institutions. Um, And I think on the retail side, we're definitely seeing uh, more and more interest in ETFs. Um, And I think with the success that we've seen in some of the other markets, interest is, is growing even more. However, there's some structural um, uh, uh, things that are holding the retail market, for example, from really taking on into ETFs. I think one is education. And the second is just the platforms here, which are very heavily intermediated, haven't quite got uh, up to scratch in terms of enabling ETFs to be bought and sold as easily as in some of the other
0: markets. How do ETFs differ from open-ended funds?
1: So really so really interesting points and I think if you think about the advantages of ETFs and what's made them grow into this 11 trillion industry it is uh, it's its transparency so being able to see fully what you hold in a portfolio at a po- at any point in time it's the ease of trading which which is a, a key enabler in many of the other markets it's daily trading and you can usually access these very very easily um, there's also price discovery. You know exactly how the the ETF is trading or the underlying uh, market that you're investing in through an ETF is trading uh, on a daily basis, and you're seeing that very, very transparently. Um, and there's also a cost benefit. Um, generally, this has been a lower cost uh, a way for especially retail investors to access different exposures within the market.
0: So you've mentioned retail investors might be um, interested in the structure? Do you think that it's unsuitable for professional investors?
1: No, absolutely not. I mean, professional investors have really been driving the ETF market, especially across Europe. And so, again, if you think about those benefits as a, in in and actually, I'll break out maybe the the types of institutional investors that that have been driving the market. One is fund of fund managers, so wealth managers that are constructing portfolios uh, of different underlying exposures. They often use ETFs as a way to 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 build those portfolios. So the building blocks and having the transparency, having the ability to tactically trade in and out of those exposures on a, on a real-time basis throughout the day is super important. I'll give you an example on the transparency side. Um, during the uh, banking crisis that we had in middle of May, um, it was really important for investors to understand what was actually being held in the portfolios. certain banks that they would want to know, whether it was in the portfolio or out of the portfolio. Um, and through etFs, they you know all of these investors uh, got real time access to see. one of the one of the uh, uh, considerations, let's say, in a mutual fund is that you generally are getting uh, exposures at the end of the month. And so, if you were looking middle of the month, you either had to wait until the end of the month to figure out what was in the portfolio, or maybe even a few days after that. Um, so, so that was a that was kind of restricting. Um, so, again, one of the benefits for for the professional investors is the daily transparency of what's in the portfolio. They can then pull that back into their own risk management systems and see across an entire portfolio what all the different exposures and risk factors are. So, ETF's become a, a really important tool, and that's been one of the one of the reasons why adoption has grown so much from the professional investor community.
0: ETFs make up double the market share in the u s. compared to Europe. Um, why hasn't the european ETF market taken off in the same way as it has in the u s?
1: so i think i I think you you are seeing a a growth trajectory, which is you're right, a little bit faster in the u s. I think you you have a lot more platforms that are easy to deal on, um, and and that's been driving some of the uh, retail demand in the, in the U.S. Uh, or retail adoption in the U.S. Um, but I think from an institutional investor side, we're actually seeing pretty similar trends across both. So there's there's been a little bit more of a head start in the U.S. Um, that I think is. Has, has filtered its way throughout the uh, uh, the investor ecosystem a little bit faster. Um, but I think that's what is going to be really exciting about the USITS market um, and across Europe is we're going to start to see more and more investors adopt uh, in, in the ETF space. That's going to be one big uh, area for growth. I think the second area, which is going to be really important now, is fixed income. Um, And historically, we haven't seen as as much flow go into the USITS market in fixed income, but I'll give you a data point. Um, Today of the 1.4 trillion roughly that we have in USITS, about 72% sits in equity. Um, Only about 25, 26% sit in fixed income. But this year, bonds are back. A lot of investors are looking for increasing in their exposure into bonds. And through the first um, half of this year, we actually saw inflows into fixed income ETFs become about 50% of the net inflows into the into the market. So, 26% of assets with 50% of the flows, whereas uh, the the equity side was about 72% of the assets and about 50% of the flows. So, we're seeing a lot more increased demand for for fixed income. Um, and then the the, the third area uh, of growth that we see driving the market is going to be around active, um, and we've seen a huge amount of momentum not not coming from last year, increasing this year, and I think that's going to only continue to grow.
0: Why do you think the ETFs are usually associated with passive investment?
1: I think that's been the first iteration of ETFs, and it it was really there was a a feeling from some investors that. They wanted to they preferred to see just the passive uh, replication of an index. Now maybe that was because they they lost a little bit of confidence on the ability for managers across the board to outperform. Um, and so they were then looking for the the straightforward index replication at a more reasonable cost. And that drove, I think, a lot of the 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 increase in in the ETF industry in the early part. And there was a bit of an adoption, a bit of a, a to gain comfort with the the wrapper itself. Um, how does it fit within my overall systems? How do I invest in that? What's the trading uh, like within an ETF? So that adoption piece really has already happened. Um, and now what we're seeing is very much I'm I'm comfortable with the wrapper. And what, what else can I do with that? Now, traditionally in the, the asset management industry, there has been a comfort with active management, a desire for active management. So I think this next wave, and we've already seen it take off last year and this year in terms of active ETFs, um, but there's a comfort now with the wrapper and the ability to trade. Now it's a matter of what, what can go into an ETF.
0: What kind of investor buys ETFs? And do you think that it differs across um, the Atlantic?
1: So, I mean, all investors are, are buying ETFs, maybe at different uh, rates. Um, so we talked about the institutional uh, investors before, wealth management fund of funds that are putting portfolios together, insurance companies, pensions, sovereign wealth funds and central banks. The, they're all buyers of ETFs today and down to individual retail investors, um, whether it's for your own portfolio, your children's portfolio, um, a savings plan, et cetera. Now, I think there's different rates of adoption across those, and we've talked a little bit about the UK. Maybe it's a bit of infrastructure, a bit of education that needs to 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 come uh, in order to see that that take off more. There's been, I would say, an explosion of interest in the U.S. from the retail side. Um, many investors like the idea of self-directing their their investments. They can now get access to virtually any. Uh, strategy within an ETF wrapper and it becomes very easy and cheap for them to execute, that's really driven demand. Um, and I think what's interesting is we we tend to see a very different base of buyers uh, into ETFs than our traditional mutual fund business, uh, which JP Morgan is also a big a big player in. So I think that's quite interesting because now investors are looking to, to do more with their portfolios and they can they can do that and access it in different ways using as one etfs
0: what are some of the specific benefits that um wealth managers can see from investing in etfs and kind of what would you say to a wealth manager that historically has preferred open-ended funds
1: i think it's 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 accessing a an increasing desire for transparency in a cost benefit of, of, of gaining exposure into various asset classes, um, being able to maneuver those portfolios maybe more dynamically for clients as well. Those have been some of the reasons why uh, wealth managers in the U.S. Have, have really picked up on ETFs.
0: Do you think that you can find um, every type of exposure or investment that you can find in a traditional open-ended fund in ETFs?
1: Definitely not today. Um, and if you look at the, the 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 global market for managed funds, so if you include both uh, mutual funds and, and ETFs, globally that looks to be around 39 trillion today. So again, we said 11 trillion sitting in, in ETFs, and that's been growing at this really fast rate of 25% per annum for the last 20 years. Um, there are a lot more, especially active uh, options available within mutual funds today. And, and again, I think investors generally have preferred active exposures within their managed investments, and man- pooled investments. Um, that is increasing now, and, and we're, we're starting to see more and more uh, strategies be implemented in an ETF wrapper that are active, um, and active is in the traditional sense of wider tracking errors to to the indexes that they are aligned to. That I think is going to be the innovation going forward.
0: Can you speak a bit to the development of active ETFs in the US market versus the European?
1: So the, the growth rate that we've seen has really exploded uh, this year. Last year was a, was a big inflection point. So to put it into context, active ETFs in the U.S. make up, at the end of last year, they made up about 5% of the total assets in the ETF market. However, they took in 15% of the net flow last year. Um, not too dissimilar in usage. So we were a little bit under 1.5%. Of assets last year, but took in four percent of flow. So you know, much a much bigger uh, amount of flow. This year, in the first quarter, in the U.S., so that number rose to about six percent of assets, but took in thirty-three percent of net flows uh, this year, and that we've seen continue through the last couple of months as well. In USITs, it also increased. Um, so again, we were at about two percent to start the year, um, but we've taken in six percent of net flows. So it just shows that the the active uh, uh, ability within ETFs or the ability of ETFs to deliver active performance um, within that wrapper is growing in, in important. And it's not just the ETF buyers that are moving more into active strategies, but we're also seeing a preference for ETFs from traditional active uh, uh, users.
0: If an ETF and a, an open-ended fund had exactly the same holdings, which would be the preferred investment?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So I think I think it really comes to the investor preferences. So there, there are there are investors that prefer, and there are uh, other institutional clients that prefer a mutual fund for various reasons. Um, and and in some ways, it 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 might fit really well into their own infrastructure in terms of how they invest today. Um, there are others who again have have preferred the ETF wrapper for all the reasons that we've talked about before. That really is driving the the preference. So it's not. I don't think it'll be uncommon to see both strategies in different wrappers from the same manager. Um, It's really catering to different preferences from the end investor.
0: Thank you so much for speaking to me today. Um, It was great to learn more about the UK ATF market um, and where it has left to go.
1: Great. Olivia, thanks for having me today. It's been a pleasure.